Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the CM360 Podcast. I'm Richard Steen, I'm Chief Research Analyst at IT Harvest. I write books on the IT security industry and I work with IT security technology providers on their go-to-market. And I'm a trusted advisor to VCs and private equity firms. IT Harvest is an industry analyst firm that covers over 3,600 vendors in the IT security industry. Today, I'm joined by Ruin Cloutier, the former Global Chief Security Officer of TikTok and ByteDance. And we're going to talk about why data defense is so difficult in the TikTok era. Welcome, Roland. Rich, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I love this idea of the TikTok era, but we truly are <laughs> in an era of uh, social media and consumption and creation, for that matter. And my first question is, should I have a TikTok? Of course. I think everybody should have a TikTok. Listen, you know, uh, politics and political footballs aside, the reality is that... Um, you know, the, the ability to have a platform out there that you can enjoy, that you can use for enjoyment pr purposes and, and decide what you want to put out to the world or put out to your friends um, is your choice. And, and being able to um, have uh, amazing technologies that, that allow you to create social connects all over the globe, I think is amazing. And, and again, you know, from, from my perspective, and, you know, I obviously speak on this quite a bit, um, it's, it's about the individual and what they want to share with the world and, um, and the technology that enables you to do that. Awesome. So, but let's talk about the privacy, the data privacy conversation um, that's going on. You know, there's a lot of question, uh, and it just as there always has been back to I'm thinking network news days um, before the web. How should we uh, how should we talk about data privacy in the TikTok era? Yeah, and I think it's broader than just social media. I think to your point, we've been talking about data defense and access assurance in a in a um, much broader context. In in for commercial entities, um, let's leave government aside for a minute. But for government, uh, for commercial entities, on the data that's with our command, control, and custody that we're accountable for protecting, right? Consumers have given us information, or customers have given us information, and it, it is expected that we, you know, we protect that in an appropriate way. But that's that's like just one component of it. As as a organization that operates, you know, probably globally. Now you have to deal with uh, global jurisdictional issues that says, here's the information assets that are in our country that can and can't leave, or that it has to have a certain um, uh, assurance of who has access to it. And those are broad, broad laws. And of course, the focus today is on the Googles and the TikToks and the Facebooks of the world based on um, issues on, you know, that, that organizations have had in the past. But the reality is that every company is regulated. It doesn't matter if you're a public company or not. Every company is regulated if you work globally. And the second thing is, you know, we, we, we live here in, in an amazing republic um, that has 50 very individual states that often act as very independent legal jurisdictional entities. And so even if you operate only in the domestic United States, you still have accountability and responsibility around data that's within your command, control, and custody. And I always tell my peers out there, I mean, the, the things that we have to focus on that are the, the most basic and the hardest is what data do we have and where is it? 
who has access to it, where did it go, and what are what are the requirements or what of of use? So where you know what are we using it for? Those are four really really simple things. It sounds like they're really hard things for uh, for organizations to do, but in that construct, I think I think is is where we have to focus is the basic capability of understanding the informational assets, where it goes, where it came from, what it's being used for, and who has access to it. Yeah, those are such good questions. I had to delve into them writing a book on data erasure. And of course, the first step is, you know, know your data. Where is it? And and that gets you into this whole uh, create a, you know, data lifecycle management. And, and of course, there are tools uh, that help you do that. But I'm surprised after all these years um, how we're still in the beginning of being able to understand the problem, let alone the solution. You know, I, my first chief security job uh, was at EMC, right? Uh, where data, data lived. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of data. <laughs> uh, and you know, we were talking about data lifecycle management, you know, back in those days. And, you know, we're like 20 years ago. Um, and and so the, the, the problem is the complexity of the changing of the technology and the exasperation of the technology that can create data, both structured and structured, right? And so you you have this off, you know, this this constantly evolving mechanism of of where can data live, how does it move around, um, how do we access it, and, and I'll give you an example of that in a minute, and then and then you have um, this skyrocketing. You know, we make we we create as much information on our phones in a week than entire companies did in a year twenty years ago, right? Like it, the the craziness of how we create data and how data is is compiled um, and and managed is changes on a yearly basis, and so you have to have very complex capabilities within your organization to locate data contextualize the data, meaning understand what it is, not just not just look at it and say, oh, that's PII or that's PHI or that's a social security number, but really understand what it is to be able to apply contextual usage management and then apply all of the concepts, the you know, generalized concept of AAA and, you know, you go down that forever. But like who has access to it and what has access to it? That's the other thing I, you know, I, I want to touch upon. We often think about this in an identity way, like Roland has access to that protected data, but that's not always what we're worried about. You know, how about applications that have access to data stores, microservices that have access to other microservices that that create um, data and have data stored, and what is what is that using it for? The tokenization authorization across APIs. Right. So it's not just about the people, it's about the access. And that is what is so hard to create control frameworks within your technology environments to manage. Um, and so often it is the larger organizations that do that well or better, A, because they have to, but B, because they can implement such structured controls. It's harder to do that in smaller enterprise uh, or below companies. Yeah, for sure. I'm reminded of, uh, I interviewed uh, Barry Schrager, who was the inventor of uh, ACF2 for IBM mainframes. And, you know, he just laid it out. It's like, you know, you're going to have, you're going to identify every data asset and identify who has access to it. And 
it's just a matrix and we're done. And that was kind of the, our, everybody's understanding of uh, data security um, 35 years ago. And then the internet happened and it just blew up. It was off the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I really, I think a lot about that classification because yeah, PII, you know, or as they are now calling it in Europe, private information, which is easier to say, the that's simple to identify and it's simple for regulators to say, you know, this is private information, you know, things that identify you, your home address, etc. But, you know, when you get back to TikTok, right, there's tons of content on TikTok that doesn't fall into anybody's classification. Um, and yet it's data that one should be protected and two people are going to someday when they're older want to take down and request that and they'll fall under regulations and right to be forgotten kind of things then. And, you know, how's TikTok or any, you know, social media platform going to know what they have and how to get rid of it? Yeah, I, I think in the in the um, context of user choice, you, you hit the nail on the head is that companies that have uh, direct access to uh, information that users want to use on their platforms, they, they have to understand the linkage and relationship there. Um, data, uh, data. Uh, lineage is a real thing. And so I think the next focus within the construct of technology development in security risk and privacy enforcement, especially for data, is really going to be around data privacy lineage. You, you've already seen in, in the last two years, the second highest investment area uh, for PE and VC in, the, in, in security in general is in data defense and access assurance, believe it or not. And it's because it's such a complex issue. Um, the The other thing that I think that um, companies have to do is, is really give user choice and user tools. How would you like your information managed? What would you like private or not private? You know, um, all of those are, are really important to give the consumer and to, you know, and to give the citizen of whatever jurisdiction you're operating in the capability to understand what is private, what is what is not private um, and, and what they have access to control. I mean, there are, you know, you know, Meta's doing a great job. TikTok's doing a great job. I think everyone applying these tools that allow you to um, manage and control the information that you decide you're going to put in the platform or not. Um, are really exciting and that these companies will lead the future in that but this gets all the way down to the apps on your phone to the apps you integrate in with your bank online um, they're all critical and ev everyone has to be able to create that capability around their data stores to create that quote-unquote matrices i think you called it <laughs> between user and data relationship okay so that's privacy you know admittedly a really big concern um for everybody who handles private data. Uh, but what about the security? Uh, because, you know, this this goes directly to immediate financial loss uh, and concerns and loss of trust if uh, data is lost. How do we, you know, connect the dots between our privacy concerns branching over into our security concerns? Uh, so I, I, I'm a bit pragmatic in this, Rich. I think the... You know, that, that old saying, what's it, 80% of, of breaches are caused by the 100% we know about? Um, that, you know, that is the the normal care and feeding of the environment that you're accountable for, the, um, you know, the, the patching, the management, the, you know, 
the edge defense controls, the protocol management, the, the API defense, the user authentication and authorization, your cloud infrastructure management, and on and on and on and on. We can't forget about those things. I mean, you know, we we sometimes focus on the new issue. I mean, uh, last year, no one could, you know, uh, spell AI. Everyone's doing it this year, right? Um, and, and, the, and the reality is that, yeah, that's important, but the the... 80% of what's going to defend that um, around authentication to that environment, segmentation and micro-segmentation of your AI pipeline, the data defense and access assurance that is your LLMs, like all of that stuff is, is standard capabilities and controls. The other 20% will be new technologies we have to apply. So I think we have to, we, we have to continue on the path of ensuring that our environments are appropriately constructed, controlled, managed, uh, and updated on a consistent basis with good defensibility, monitoring, response capabilities. Like those things are where we start. And and having an environment um, that I have transparency into. You know, we, we still talk to companies out there that say, I, I'm not sure where everything is, or I'm not sure what my R&D unit is doing, or I can't see into that division for whatever reason. Um, I think we we have to, as a industry and a society of technologists, you know, focus on the really important things that are going to give us a transparency to implement control environments that make sense for our companies. You mentioned AI. Is are large language models um, or other forms of AI going to help us defend our data? Absolutely. Oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It, it already has been. I mean, if you think about the number of, of um, security and control companies out there that utilize AI today to understand inference, context, um, uh, automation, uh, you know, LLMs and Gen AI are relatively new into the way that we're um, connecting into user and usability. But the reality is, you know, um, ML and AI concepts have been in products for last five, 10 years in, in, in many ways, especially in the last three. Um, and so I, I think so. I don't think we can get to data lineage um, and data control and flow enforcement with, uh, without that. I mean, I, I really honestly think that there are um, things we simply cannot do with traditional technology and, and look at uh, data defense and access assurance, context-driven understanding of the informational assets in your care. Just because it's a, you know um, not a social security number, to your point earlier, or it's not a national um, identity number, doesn't mean it's not private or it's not protected information. And being able to derive context from you know a trillion of terabytes of information. Um, is not going to be done with scanning technology tomorrow. It just can't be. Right. Yeah, it won't be. Yeah, it's exciting to me how, you know, large language models especially have become these, like, you know, things that can read. You know, they read all of your data, you know, a lot more effectively than a human can. And they're really showing their, their power when applied to that data. Uh, I don't want to say categorization, but... Um, the, the data discovery and classification. and Because you can just imagine a, um, I don't know, a shared Google Doc that, that the CFO and the CEO have talking about an M&A or, or master strategy. Boy, should that be protected. 
and then AI could figure that out pretty easily. Yeah, uh, and it could also look at, con again, contextually where elements of that information are joined with other data assets that is creating a new data asset, right? Like, so we, we have to, it, it's not like it's one-to-one. Um, -one. It's go, it, it, it has been one-to-many since we created data lakes and the ability for, for data science. And so knowing where that information is being used uh, contextually is is also very important. And also in, in defense, right? So speed to defense, speed to understanding um, do I have a downstream residual threat that I don't understand? So large language models and other types of AI are going to give us the capability to look cross data sets, cross control environments, and very quickly make intelligent decisions that says, you know, that's not a problem. And here's why, because 16 layers down, that's that that doesn't exist. Um, or that's not even, you know, available in our environment. Um, and we're starting to see the fruits of the labor of these um, these really creative uh, technology organizations bringing these to market that are allowing us to to make better business decisions in security risk and privacy based on the understanding of the totality of the environment, to totally to totality of assets, and the controls we've implemented. So that those are all promising as well. I'll say. So what advice would you give industry leaders, be they CEO or, or you know, business unit, people who drive the direction of a company? Uh, what advice would you give to those that are struggling with their data defense? Um, don't look at it as just another IT thing we have to do. Look at it as a strategic business enabler and make it a strategic business priority. And it's not just about funding. It's about the focus. We're going to have to change the way we do business. We're going to have to change the way that we implement capabilities across our digital business ecosystem. And we're going to have to resource it appropriately to ensure that we can answer to our customers, our regulators, the countries that we operate in. What data do I have? Where is it? Who has access to it? And where did it go? I love that. How often do you think the business leaders in whatever industry they're in actually sit down and question, you know, the business impact of their data? You know, we all know the stories of back when, you know, the the drugstores, you know, the Walgreens of the world discovered that they had more value in tracking customer behavior practically than they had in selling stuff. Um and of course, Google is the master of of maximizing data, and Facebook is too. That's their their value. But how often do you know regular companies, manufacturers, go? You know what? We should look at the value of our data assets. I, I think it's every day. I mean, I, I'm in conversations with business leaders and uh, security executives in in very different industries that that have. have just understand it. They, they know that their industry is changing. In five years, their industry is not going to be what it is today and that they have to migrate to the use of the informational assets in place to create new products that will be the future of their business. I, I think we're asking the wrong question, though. I think the question probably should be is how often do senior business leaders 
understand that the management and protection of that information is the key to enabling the use of that data in the future. And, and you know, I've been fortunate, Rich, in my career where I've been in, especially my last two or three companies where um, that is their lifeblood and that is where they 100% focus on. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure what that answer is um, across the industry. I know people want to use the data, but the question is, do they understand that in order to use it in a way that uh, won't ruin their companies or their brand, that they have to do it in a, in a protected, managed way? Beautiful. We're going to leave it there with that question in the air. Thank you so much for joining us today, Roland. Um, and also thank you to everyone listening. We hope you took a lot away from today's podcast. And for further information on what we've talked about, head on over to Sierra.io. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials, EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com.